It um, came to me in a meditation. I heard build the light center. And I said, okay, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) How do you do that? And I just set about doing it, like with this determination that I'm building a light center. And and I just had to let that reveal itself, what that would be like. Hi, I'm Nikhil Thoda. And I'm Takashi Wicks. And this is Tuna Pasta, a collection of conversations recorded across the United States where we look for stories and lessons on the road from the people and places we often pass by. Mile 2670, Chicago, Illinois. First of all, big shout out to Akira Wicks. My brother! For housing us for two nights during our stay in Chi-Town. The morning after a comfortable night sleeping on the carpet, a luxury compared to dirt, we bought round-trip tickets to good old Chicago Union Station and rode the train into the city. The moment we stepped out of the station, I almost collapsed because it was so windy, like 30 miles per hour windy. And of course, we chose the most conservative option to explore the streets, city bikes. After an exhilarating and probably illegal ride through the crowded roads of a major metropolitan city, Millennium Park was within our range of view, and like moths drawn to a light, we swarmed towards the Bean. Surrounding the Bean was an assortment of families, vendors, and pseudo-professional photographers, like ourselves, sitting down in the shade of the park were two friends, engaged in a snack cracker picnic. Their names were Mandy and Nick. I'm Nick. I'm from, uh, I'm out in the suburbs. I'm from LaGrange. I'm Mandy, and I'm from Wheaton. From where? Wheaton. Wheaton? Mm-hmm. Is that nearby? Say that again? Is that nearby? Oh, it's like 45 minutes away from here. Okay. Yeah. So what brings you guys to the park today? Well, today we're just sitting, having a uh, bit of a picnic before we're going to go down to Chinatown. We're going to hit the red line. Okay. Oh, true. Do you all come into the city often? No. Probably like three or four times a year. Yeah, probably. True. Are you all just coming in for uh, fun? Yeah. Yeah, just to hang out and enjoy ourselves. See the bean, yeah. Yeah. See the bean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's here for the bean. Yeah, yeah the bean is like kind of the celebrity of the park. Yeah. It's the icon. What do y'all like the, uh, most about uh, coming into Chicago? I like kind of being anonymous. I just like being lost in a sea of people. I just feel, I actually feel like more alone here in the middle of the park than I do back at home in the suburbs. Because oh. I feel like people are looking at you more. That's really interesting. What about you? Um, I don't travel much. I... Uh, what I usually do is just hang out with him, which is not a bad thing. I love it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> um, or I'm working or I'm studying, so this is just the time for me to relax. It's just so nice seeing people walking around because where I am, people aren't walking around. Yeah. It's fully, it's always commuting. Constantly. Are you guys students? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys go? I go to uh, College of DuPage in Glen Ellen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. What are you studying? Uh, I'm going into eventually. I'm I'm working towards a social psychology degree, but as like a step before that, I'm working on my massage therapy uh, certificate. Oh, really? oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. What about you? Um, I want to go to into veterinary medicine. Um, I'm working into getting my veterinary technician degree at I don't know what college yet, but there's quite a few around. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. Are you hoping to stay in Chicago with like your careers or with your college? You know, I want to live in Chicago for at least a little while. I and mean, we talked about like at some point we want to live in Chicago, even if it's for like for two, three years, just to experience it. Because I've always loved this place. 
Yeah, what do you kind of, uh, what's like the greatest appeal of like living in Chicago rather than like going to New York or Boston or any of those areas? You know, it just seems like this place has, I just because like I have so much of my family is rooted in Chicago, but then mm-hmm. it seems a like the most artistically based out of any of the cities anyways like you look at the architecture around here you look at all the buskers it seems like it's like new york is so busy and it seems like because it's going all the time the art is just a a means to an end like okay i'm doing this so i can get money like for here you see a lot of people just in it for i'm i'm a musician and i appreciate art so naturally yeah one of the things though that people say is that all the artists that couldn't make it in new york end up coming to Chicago, yeah. to second uh, New York, and coming exactly. here to do it. We then asked them the final question. Um, since your guys' time here in either Chicago or the surrounding area, what's like your biggest takeaway that you'd like to pass on to somebody else? Do you have anything to say first? Um, I was going to say the museums. That's always the reason why I come here. Um, I got a lot of family that live in Texas and throughout the states, and I don't ever get to see them, but when they do visit us, we always go straight to the museum, so uh-huh. it's something I would have want to pass down to my yeah. kids. Which is your favorite museum? Um, let's see. I really like the, the Museum of Art and Industry. The one that's like right down there? Yeah. What do you kind of find uh, in a museum that you really can't find? In, like, what, what do you find in that environment? Um, well, I love how different people's perspectives are when they look at a piece of art. Anyone can, depending on their situation or how they're feeling, you can look at a piece of art and it connects to you, whether yeah. the artist wasn't intending to or not. Yeah, exactly. To begin with. That's awesome. How about you? Um, let's say one thing to take away from Chicago is at least what I take away from it is like the vibe it's just a very to me it's like a very romantic feeling it's just kind of like uh, it's like a little cut of a different dimension outside of reality and then you can kind of go back to wherever it was you were before so you kind of come in and come out yeah it's like this is like my break in like the uh, hyperbolic time chamber you know like yeah interesting way to put it it's interesting for a city to be a place for a break. Like, that's yeah, something that people don't hear. Yeah, well, that's, like, for me, I feel like my mind is always going, so when there's, like, I think peripherally, when there's all these things going on around me, my brain just gets to turn off and kind of, like, just observe all these things going on, and it's not doing all that itself. You like having, so. like, a background noise everywhere? Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Like, I could fall, like, trains, like, <laughs> super loud whizzing by, and, like, people, like, talking or whatever around, like, you know, people, like, tickets arguing or whatever. I could fall asleep to that. Like, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Mid-afternoon of our day of adventure in Chicago, we found ourselves on Navy Pier. The sun was out, skies clear, seagulls flew over the shining blue waters of Lake Michigan with full view of the city skyline. Not your average Chicago day. While we sat and enjoyed the rare Chicago sun rays, we saw a man sitting alone with a Cubs cap. His name was Hugh. Uh, so first off, can I ask, uh, who are you and where are you from? Uh, Hugh Parsons. I live in Hinsdale, just outside Chicago, but I'm originally from Wales. Well, how long have you been here? 25 years in this country, probably. What, what brought you? So you came first to Chicago? Uh, I came first to Washington, D.C., then I lived in New Orleans, and then I uh, lived in Chicago a couple of times, actually. What brought you here? I, I got moved by work, originally. Well, what do you do? Uh, I'm retired now. What do you do in your retirement? 
play golf and play guitar and <laughs> do, do yard work and just hang out and drink beer at lunchtime occasionally, like today. <laughs> well, so how often do you come out here? Uh, not very often. We were just saying, my wife's over there, we were just saying we haven't been here for a couple of years. We were going to see the Rolling Stones exhibition today. So. Oh, really? Do you yeah. uh, like the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. How do you feel about Chicago having like these different? Uh, we've heard like Chicago kind of has like a lot of arts stuff available at it. Do you feel that way? And do you like that? Yeah, it is. This is a great city. I really love this city. It is, it's it's got a it's a it's a world class size type of city, but it feels like a small city. Yeah. It's you know when you're in the center, it doesn't feel as big as it actually is. So there's always a lot going on here. We just love it. It's just a great place. That's awesome. And the final question that we've been asking everybody. Uh, along the road uh what is a kind of a life lesson that you've learned here while you're in your time in chicago that you'd want to impart on someone else <laughs> oh, i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have no idea i can't answer no that. Idea. Yeah. any any like lessons for anybody coming to chicago or anything that like you could take away from the the feeling of the city uh, i can answer that but i don't know about life lessons yeah I, you know what a lot of people overseas have got this image of chicago of this industrial city, grimy, kind of gangster type place from movies and things. They didn't like that at all. Yeah. And uh, when people come here that I know, they're shocked by how what a wonderful city it is, but it's not what they expected. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. What was You're your welcome. name again? Hugh. Hugh Takashi. Nice You're to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah. At 6.30 p.m., the Uber dropped us off at the Field Museum. We grabbed the two city bikes left, turned to third gear, and started pedaling down Lakeshore Drive. An opportunity was at hand, a huge opportunity. We were 1.2 miles away from the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago. 1.2 miles away from the live taping of. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. And the waitlist opened at 7 p.m. Pushing the limits of our Chicago city bikes, we met with Akira and ran into the Chase Bank Auditorium at 7.05. We had secured our spots, number seven, eight, and nine. Responsible adults who had purchased their tickets months in advance walked past us as we waited the hour to hear our fate. The usher started to call the wait list. One, two, three, four, five, we were so close. Two tickets! I got two more tickets for the waitlist. We had three people. Akira said he would sacrifice his seat, but we couldn't go in without him. We just needed one more ticket. One more ticket. From NPR and WBEC Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm not Kendrick Lamar, but sit down, be humble. <laughs> Bill Curtin. Mama, we made it. And here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. With our luck getting in the show, we were feeling good. Excited for a successful night in Chicago and ready to head home. But first, one more conversation to cap the night. His name? 
was Peter Sagal. I'm Peter Sagal. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, where I host Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. How long have you been in Chicago for? Oh, almost 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you like it here? I love it. What do you like most about being Chicago? in Chicago? 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 Well, Chicago. Uh, Chi-City. What? Chi-City. Chi-City. Chi-Town. Second City. <laughs> Chicago, actually, in many ways, is like, uh, it's a city that uh, has all the things you'd ever want in a city with fewer of the things you wouldn't. So it's got all, you know, world, it's a world city. It's got every kind of restaurant, culture, art that you could possibly want or somewhere here doing it. Everything from circus to sculpture to, you know, whatever. Uh, I've met belly dancers and contortionists in this city and there are restaurateurs and artists and engineers. But it also is a little, very few of the things that make cities difficult, like congestion and high prices. So it's much more livable and yet great. And also it's, it's in many ways the most American of cities. It's in the Midwest. It's a city of immigrants, but still very sort of profoundly American. So I kind of like it. So was it the show that brought you to Chicago? Yeah, I, I was living in New York at the time, and they offered me this job hosting this radio show, so I moved to Chicago in 1998. I've been here ever since. How do you feel about like having um, the show in Chicago? Well, it's great. I think it, we probably wouldn't have survived if we were in New York, because we would have been just smothered by all the competition. But in Chicago, we were just allowed to do our own thing for a long time until people started paying attention. Yeah, that's awesome. How much more, I don't know if this is a, a good question, but how much longer do you, do you hope to do the show for? Well, we'll do it as long as people still enjoy it and people still seem to be enjoying it so we'll be doing it for a while and would yeah. you stay in Chicago even oh I think so I think really? I, I don't know I mean we'll see who knows how old I'll be by that time maybe I won't be able to take the winners anymore <laughs> yeah. I'll move to Florida like all the old Jews yeah, they, well, Florida's, great. Florida's great Florida's great Florida's great, great. Yeah. Yeah. where in Florida are you from we're actually both from Gainesville we go to the University of Florida oh sure okay yeah and I'm from yeah I'm from Jacksonville and I was down in Boca Raton just, just oh, over yeah. the weekend yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome but um, also with touring with the show so when you're going to different places how do you feel like Chicago was kind of a home audience. How, do you feel like well, a I mean, it's it's I mean, no, the audiences where we go pretty much are, are the same because our audience is pretty much the same wherever we go, the kind of people they are. But here in Chicago, as you saw, it's a poignancy theater. It's intimate. It's small. It's you know, it's, it's a very sort of. I guess intimate, again, is the best word to use. It's just like doing a fun thing with friends. When we're in the road, we play 3,000-seat hall, so it's a very different experience. Yeah. So it's nice to have both, but I actually prefer this. How often do you travel? About once a month. Once a month. So last week we were in uh, Utah, Solid. next week we'll be in Detroit. Cool. Next month, Detroit. Uh, final question that we've been asking everybody on the road. So uh, with your time in Chicago, what is a lesson that you've learned that you want to impart on someone else, a life lesson uh, being in Chicago? Go to the neighborhoods you don't normally go to. How do you, why do you say that? Uh, because there's this, a lot of people sort of live a very self-prescribed existence where they just go to the same places all over and over again. But every time you go off the beaten path in the city, you find out there's a whole other yeah. place. So I recommend that. There's so much to it. It's true. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you so My much. My pleasure, man. Good, good luck with the project. Good luck with the trip. Don't. And just like that, our adventure in Chicago was over. The following morning, we figured out our lives for the next week or so in a laundromat, got some banh mi and boba to go, and set off for the long drive to Kansas City. Six hours later, 1.15 a.m., mile 3,230. We drove through the dark of a dirt road, finally arriving at the edge of a forest where the old barn was. The inside had been converted into something like a cottage. Tired from our drive, we stumbled upstairs with our sleeping bags and thought we saw a mirage. Beds? Beds! Beds! Sitting on exquisite metal frames, holding the mattress above the wood flooring. No dirt, no mosquito net, no sleeping pad, just bed. <sighs> I woke up swaddled. 
The morning light came through the circular window above what looked like an altar, housing portraits of Muhammad, Jesus, the Star of David, and other religious icons. Downstairs, we realized more and more that we weren't exactly sure where we had slept for the night. Children's drawings were strung across the ceiling. An old metal stove sat in the living room with a hot tub on the other side of that. There was even a room with just a single massage table and many, many more beds. As we boiled water to make our famous Nutella oatmeal, a woman walked in through the side of the old barn house carrying a head of broccoli. Her name was Robin. Hey, I'm Robin Goff. I'm the founder of the Light Center. And I was born in New Jersey and lived all over the country, different places, different times, and ended up in Kansas because in Kansas, you can actually buy a farm and do your dream. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. could, could you describe like what we're actually standing in right okay, now? Okay, well, this is a over 100-year-old horse barn that we have rehabbed. We've gotten lots of friends and volunteers and independent contractors to come. It's not a deep pockets kind of project, but it was a big, big project, big, messy project. Mm -hmm. And we rebuilt this barn to be cozy and um, we can heat it and cool it, which is amazing to me. Yeah, no, this is definitely a luxurious place to yeah. stay. Like, it, it is very beautiful. Can you? Yeah. Just, uh, so I was actually curious when uh, we walked in, what is the, like, there's a lot of art in this area and a lot of, I saw upstairs, like, tapestries and stuff like that. Like, yeah. can you describe where all that came from? Well, we do a lot with creativity here because I believe that we're in this process of recreating the world. Mm -hmm. And so that takes creative energy. And so the more we unleash that creative energy, the better. So we had, we had a woman living here who taught a intuitive acrylic painting. So there's lots of little oh, wow. paintings from that around here. Um, I go to South Africa every year. We do um, leadership development with teenagers over there. Uh -huh. And so there I've learned quilting. <laughs> well, with the awesome. grannies yeah. over there. That's awesome. We raffle quilts that help to support the Youth Education Fund. And so the creativity is like global, you know? Yeah. We just pull from people who come here from everywhere and generate new ideas, new projects, and people are always working on things. So you mentioned earlier that this place is used kind of like for retreats, so it's yeah. not just people from Kansas, it's used for people all around? Right. People, like internationally? We've actually had people from all over the world here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We fall under the umbrella of the Unity Worldwide Ministries, which is very eclectic and open to all paths that lead someone inward to feeling their spiritual connection inside themselves, you know. And so um, that gave us our 501c3, because we're a nonprofit. And so that was just a wonderful way for us to network with people. Mm -hmm. Also internationally, yeah. That's incredible, yeah. Because I yeah. saw upstairs, there's a lot of like different representations of different religions. So do, yeah. Um, so with that retreat, do you like really try to bring this kind of spiritual inner reflection? Yeah, we do a lot with meditation, a lot with energy healing, mm -hmm. all different forms of energy healing, and um, work with the the frequencies that are available to us uh -huh. to transform everything. That's incredible. So do yeah. you live here on the farm? I don't. My husband and I have another farm. Oh, really? But I stay here a lot. I have a little tiny, tiny, tiny house uh -huh. <laughs> over here that I live in. And then I come and go and spend time at home. Yeah. What, so, what, so what brought you to being like, I want to buy a farm <laughs> and a barn, and I want to make it into a, a spiritual retreat for 
anyone around the world. It um, came to me in a meditation. I heard build the light center. And I said, okay, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) How do you do that? And I just set about doing it, like with this determination that I'm building a light center. And and I just had to let that reveal itself, what that would be like. As I went along. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. How, how long was the process, like, from, from you having that uh, realization to the completion of mm. this? I, I don't think it'll ever be complete, but the big work was probably five, six years, something like that. And how long ago was that? that it, We've been here 22 years. 22 now. years? Yeah. Really? Holy cow, this place is, like, it looks very new and very clean. <laughs> like, that's very impressive. Yeah. Holy cow. A lot of people put their elbow grease into it. You know, I let people stay and do work exchange, and that really makes things click. I'm finding that, like, your generation is very mobile, Mm -hmm. you know, very creative, very much aware that they want to change their lifestyle from the old American model to something new. And so they're out exploring, learning from each other, learning from teachers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of people who come through and stay for a period of time and then move on somewhere else. That's so really cool. it's like, a, it's not hippies. It's different than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a lot deeply, more deeply rooted. You know, people who want to change how they're eating, how they're growing food, how they're doing everything in, in terms of use of energy. Uh-huh. You know? So it's cool. It, it's like this big experiment we're in. That's All cool. of us. Yeah. yeah. That's really awesome. Dang. Yeah. And uh, the final question that we've been asking everybody while we're on the road, um, what's like the, so being here in the Life Center or in the process of building it or in the people that you've met here, what's the greatest life lesson that you've learned that you want to impart on someone else? Uh, I'll tell you my favorite quote from Julia Butterfly Hill who saved that giant sequoia tree from being cut down. She, and when she came down, A reporter interviewed her and said, how could you do that? Didn't you get discouraged? Didn't you get tired? And she said, as long as there's even one person in the world holding hope, then there's still hope in the world. Cool. That is incredible. So each one matters, you know? Yeah. Each one. So we work hard, very grassroots. We live a different kind of lifestyle here, but I love it. It's more labor-intensive. Mm-hmm. It feeds you yeah. in, in every way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Oh. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, also, you bet. like, you bet. I, yeah, I absolutely love your Thank you so much for listening to our fourth episode. If you made it this far, welcome to the Tuna Squad. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, and also write us a review if you can. It means a lot. You can tweet at us at TunaPastaPod or find us on Facebook for more photos and content on each episode. If you want to say hello, email us at hello at TunaPastaPodcast.org. Also, visit our beautiful website, TunaPastaPodcast.org. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by myself, Takashi Wicks. And myself, Nikhil Thoda. This episode includes music from Kunihocho Tanaka and BJ Liederman. Special thanks to Yasmina Hondrozovic for editing help and Luke Olsorn for producing our theme music. Shout out to Mackenzie Patel for writing an amazing article about us. If you haven't read it yet, check it out on our Facebook page or SpoonUniversity.com. Special thanks also to Mandy, Nick, Hugh, Peter, and Robin for the great conversations. 
We really appreciate it. Also, shout out to, of course, the NPR News Quiz, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, for being the soundtrack of this part of the trip and finding us that one more ticket. I'm your host, Takashi Wicks. And Nikhil Thoda. Thank you for listening.